0: Welcome to the At The Coalface podcast with your host, Jason Greenwood. This podcast is all about what it's really like in the trenches of digital and e-commerce. Welcome, John Stuckey, to the At The Coalface podcast.
1: Oh, thanks, Jason. Great to be with you.
0: Fantastic. Well, look, uh, Look, for, for the audience's benefit, uh, John, you are the MD of mobile digital and you're based out of the Gold Coast and mobile digital specializes in text uh, message-based marketing or mobile message-based marketing, SMSs, whatever you wanna call them. Um, and I actually saw a post by you with some really, really interesting mobile marketing data in terms of uptake and a couple of other things you posted. On LinkedIn, and I actually reached out to you because of those posts, because I found them really enli- uh, enlightening around what's happening in the mobile marketing space, which I am by far not an expert in at all. And so I guess that's why I found it so interesting, because it's an area that I just do not specialize in. I've got a, I've got a tiny, tiny sliver of experience in the space from way back in the day, um, with my, with my previous pure play e-commerce business. We ran. Uh, a couple of mobile competition-based, text-based competitions uh, back in the day via radio where you had to text in a certain word to a text message uh, to be entered into a draw. And we actually had to work with a developer to build out the, you know, the, the, um, the text um, mobile number was provided by Vodafone, but we had to build out all the backend technology. So we had to build out the message server. We had to build out Uh, the database server we had to be able to collect the messages basically we had to be able to prove to to vodafone that we could run it you know run this run this technology use the technology run the the competition fairly and and be able to to choose randomly from all the entrants and we we basically had to prove to them that we could we could build out the back-end technology to support what we were trying to do and and obviously this is many years ago so i'm sure the the industry has moved a lot since then but um, but definitely my, my experience and knowledge in this space is super limited. And that's why I wanted to get you onto the podcast, because I think that this is obviously it's a growing area for digital marketers. Um, it's a growing channel. It's a growing opportunity. And it's something that I think our interest is going to be our, our audience will be super interested in. So maybe you can just tell us really a little bit about, um, I guess, mobile digital, how you guys got started and, and really a little bit about the space.
1: Yeah, okay. So, yeah, uh, my wife Eilish is Irish. Uh, She had worked as uh, a developer in the UK and in Ireland and then came out and worked with a couple of countries companies in Australia. Um, She just had this absolute belief that the mobile and text would be the the best way that you would ever get in contact with people. And whilst email was uh, very strong at the time, she just had this passion that... Uh, and you couldn't talk her out of it that ultimately the mobile would be the best way for businesses to communicate um, with their with their customers and the text ultimately because we'd taken it on as you know person to- person text was huge. So she thought um, business to person text would take off as well. And so she um, started the company in 2013 uh, yeah so she started the company I at she started the company in 2013. Yep. And I uh, had some great success early uh, with some clients and then started to sort of, when it went and got some commercial traction, she asked me to come in. I'd run a few companies in the past. And so I came in and started to commercialize the company. We <laughs> took it out of the front room of our house and went into an office, employed some people, uh, raised some funds and um, brought some customers on board.
0: Great. Well, look. That's uh, I guess you know, it's getting started in a bootstrap scenario. That's how a lot of businesses get started, and then I guess when they show some some success, then others uh, tend to want to jump on board. So that's awesome. And and I mean, obviously, now you've been running for for eight years, and you know, obviously the business has sounds like it's gone from strength to strength. Have you seen the demand in the marketplace for? um sms-based marketing um grow particularly during COVID. Has that have you seen the market um the market opportunity increase and i mean i guess what are some of the technical challenges that you find around sms-based marketing and do you provide you know, do you provide everything? Do you provide the the, the technology, the platform, the uh, marketing campaign management, the creative? Um, do you kind of do end-to-end everything to do with mobile marketing or do you specialize in one part of that?
1: Yeah, well, wow. long question. And uh, let me try and break it down into bits. Um, when we first started, we were pretty much giving people, we were doing it for people because that was really what their top technology. So if we, from 2015, uh, we bought on a number of clients and we were doing it for them because the technology wasn't available. The trouble with that approach is that it's like putting together a magazine, especially if you're doing both MMS and SMS messaging, because um, it's like producing a magazine. The, the second you want to push send um, on a message, somebody in an organization wants to change it. And so we basically realized that that wasn't a lot a, a model that we could live with. We'd lived with that through 2015, but by the end of 2016, we decided um, that we would have to build a model kind of like the MailChimp approach where you could give the customer everything that they needed as a SaaS platform. And then all you did then was monitor the platform and make sure the platform was up and running. So uh, at the end of 2016, we went out for funding. Uh, We got a couple of government grants and a couple of patents on innovation. And we created a platform which we called Sniper and Sniper is basically a full uh, message marketing tool that uh, our customers log into uh, and then they manage and send all their own messages and they can do everything that they need to do to have customer contact they can do within that platform.
0: That's brilliant. So it's almost like a it's almost like a Canva for SMS messages.
1: Look, that's a really good example because we actually are integrated with Canva so that they can use the Canva tool to create. Uh, I mean, Canva's never been great at doing GIF, but you can bring a whole series of PNG messages, or PNGs that you've created in Canva and bring them in, and then the tool will create them into a GIF. So it's with us. You can send an SMS message. You can send a double sms message you can send a static png mms message or you can send a uh, a moving gif mms message uh, and our patent was that we designed the capability to be able to write to the mms so we can put 22 unique data tags on every mms so we can do uh, we can do a scaled a scaled one to one individual message with a name with a unique name, a unique account code, a, a unique password, anything we need to do and we can send them out like millions at a time on a one to one at scale.
0: Well, wow, that's amazing. And and does it facilitate two-way comms? So let's say a customer receives a message and they've got a question. I'm, I'm guessing that nine times out of 10, it's a campaign or it's a promotional message. And there's a maybe a URL hyperlink in the message that they tap on their phone. And then it opens up the browser to that specific promo or landing page. I'm guessing that that's pretty common. But, but does it also facilitate two-way comms with the customer? So if they respond to the message, then oh, the, the merchant absolutely. can receive it?
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's probably a good time. Like we're on really early days with a brand new channel. I mean, SMS most people look at as a it has been for years a transactional uh, diary reminder, uh, delivery delivery advice or two factor authentication tool. So there's those transactional messages, but now when you're looking at mms and sms messaging or text messaging and you're using it as in a marketing sense you've got to when you start you've got to think long term because it's not going to go away because you know i mean you know dan draper would have loved this you know always on (laughs) 98 percent delivery visual personal instant i mean it's the perfect product so in terms of um in terms of two-way Yes, we every customer gets their own dedicated send number and every MMS or SMS is addressed to an individual phone number. So we don't rely on email. The core of our database is the phone number. We use that for a number of reasons. One, because of the two-way addressability and two, uh, you know, we've done studies but the average hold on a, your mobile number, i.e. people don't like to change their mobile number, is about 17 years where an email address is about three to four years. I think most of us only let our mobile number go if we're being chased by a crazy ex-partner or, <laughs> or as happened in my case, one of my, an employer was paying my phone bill and when i left they wanted to keep my phone
0: yeah look i've I've had that in the in the past as well and and i usually have have organized to be able to take that phone number with me when i left even if i had to pay a little bit extra to be able to make that happen because it was so important that i keep my phone number because as you rightly point out it's it's almost like changing banks or changing erps you know once something is embedded in your, in your oh business, absolutely your absolutely, jason, absolutely it's, jason it's so, so painful it's, that people just don't do it
1: yeah so so it's, you know, it's a, a long-term contact. So when we start with our customers and start talking to our customers, we say to them, look, this is a, you are going to have a text relationship with people for a long time. This is a channel. And I think the numbers that you saw in that post were that, the you know, that, that these over an average of two thousand companies in the u.s using text message marketing they were now getting what 18.2 percent of their online revenue through text marketing and you know it used to be you know five years ago someone would have said well where does your online come from you would have said oh 19 to 21 from email um you know 22 to 24 from seo uh so much from drive by and so much from social so there's this new category that's already generating 18.5 percent of online revenue. So it's a it's an amazingly exciting category that at the moment most people don't really under, understand or are not involved in. Um, and part of your part of the earlier part of your question, which I'll come around to now, is have we seen an excel, a massive massive acceleration since COVID? Because people are saying that they want to get brands are losing contact with their walk you know so there's no point having a, a a shop in a mall where your brand is seen if people aren't going to the mall so uh, brands are starting to recognize that they they need to retain contact with their customers and email is a passive product and so you can ignore email and so if you're not getting your drive- by and you're not getting all the necessary the prior, contacts that a brand would have had with their customers, then they're now reaching out for new ways to get in front of their customers face and with text and visual and person and and being able to personalize those messages, you can put those messages in somebody's phone, knowing that 98% of people will see them. And that like 90% will see them within three minutes. They're big numbers.
0: Yeah, absolutely big numbers. I guess my my consideration and some of the things that immediately leap to mind when you're talking about this is if I put myself in the customer's shoes, then I want to be able to have, I guess, the the same level of control over the communications I receive, their frequency, the types, etc. that I would over email Uh, You know, and I think email's gotten a lot better, um, particularly with with platforms like Klaviyo and other marketing automation platforms. They've gotten better at you know, uh, obviously the customer has to opt in to be able to be on the mailing list in the first place. Combined with the fact that with every single email that goes out, they can modify their preferences, they can unsubscribe, they can easily control, I guess, the level of interaction that they have with a brand via email. And I'm just wondering, does your platform facilitate something similar, i.e. a preference center that someone, you know, from from a message that they receive, they can tap, you know, you know, to to change your preferences or unsubscribe tap here kind of thing that sends them to a landing page where they can actually control, or is it simply the ability to stop? And so they respond to a text message with the word stop or something like that. Is it, you know, how sophisticated is the, I guess, the preference management layer of SMS uh, messaging gotten, um, particularly not just in your technology, but just in general, how sophisticated has that preference management layer gotten in, in the whole model?
1: Okay, look, good question. I mean, there's two aspects you come at. One, you come at it from there are legal requirements in relation to the Anti-Spam Act in Australia. Okay, so you must, every message that is of a marketing nature must have an opt-out reply stop message. Okay, and so you can, you have options there. You can just have, because we come from, because primarily we recommend to our customers that they send from a two-way mobile number then stop is automatically picked up by the system and they will never receive another, uh, call from, they will never receive another text message from that number. Okay. So that's the legal requirement, but you can also send them, there is a preference center and an ability to create a preferencing. There is a preferencing tool in the, in the system where, especially if people are reaching out for new customers. So with the growth of QR code, you can, um, a qr code in your store the qr code generates a message that comes to the system it delivers an automated keyword response that says look would you you know thanks very much for you know expressing your interest uh fill in this form and we'll give you a coupon or something like this and that preference form can be how you want to set up Um, there's a huge amount of function in sniper that's all you know, what are we, it's built for marketers, so marketers don't have to go to the, C, the chief technical officer to have any programming done. So it's really built around giving a marketer as much function as they can possibly, like no programming function, and the ability to do a preference survey and set those types of things up. So you can either have a simple opt-out or you can build a preference centre which has those. Does that answer the question? <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So it's it's similar to, I guess, you know, how Clavio hosts uh, the preference management page and then you can style it and design it and do everything you like. But they actually host the preference management's page. And then obviously you, you could do that yourself. You could host that yourself and then integrate back to Clavio via API if you wanted to. But, you know, 95 plus percent of merchants out there will just use the Clavio hosted preferences center uh, and then perhaps integrate that back in from Clavio into say an ERP or a CRM or whatever the case may be beyond that. So, so I'm guessing that, that yours is quite similar in that you host the preference center page uh, and then that provides a URL that can be tapped on from a message if they want to manage their preferences. They land on that page and they can control their preferences from there. I'm guessing that it's a similar type of model.
1: It's similar that way. And then basically there are API, there are API connections to be to be opt out to update the opt-outs uh, across the system. And then you've got to work, the clients have to work out um, what their opt-in preferences are. So if if a client sets up their opt-in and opt-out preferences with like, I don't want any electronic messages, then that clocks them out of email and it clocks them out of text. Or you say, look, I don't want to get text or I don't want to get email or I want both. Um, We certainly see that there, we, when we first started this, there was a real fear that people would find text more intrusive and therefore that the opt-out rates would be high. Um, We certainly aren't seeing that. The opt-out rates are low. Um, The published data says that 90-plus percent of people prefer text above email and phone. And we certainly... uh, That number to me is about about 93%. We see... uh, we would say that there's probably 5 to 7% of your current base that doesn't want to be texted, but about 93 to 95% do. And a, a lot of them prefer text as a way of interacting. And also, too, one of the parts of your question earlier was, yes, we do see a huge amount of, even when they don't ask for two-way, two-way responses, we do see a lot of comeback. I mean, as an example, we had a customer who sent 6,000, Uh, uh, offers out to their client base. And they sent it as a, it was a bottle of wine that they'd purchased previously. They sent it to the name of the person. So, dear Jason, uh, you know, we know you bought this wine before. Um, It's on at this price, signed uh, by their wine person. That was all on the MMS image. They had, like, honestly, within half an hour, they had 2,000 people actually text back their orders. And they hadn't asked asked for a text back. So we're trying to massively get in touch with this retailer and go, guys, you've got people placing orders. Because they didn't say text back your order. There were people like, I'm on holidays. Can I have two cases? That's a great offer. It was just mental. So it ended up, that was, and I can tell you exactly when that was, that was in September of 2019. And we, the next week, went to our board and said, there is this massive demand For people to just get shit done on their mobile we want to build a product so we built a product called rapid.shop which we're just trialing with the customer now which is a no username no password no log on product okay because i can send them in the link so in you know we have a product called click.link and we have a product called uh, click to shop.link so you can send them this click to shop.link and in the URL in, the, in that URL that you're sending them, you can provide all the information that you need to populate an order.
0: Right. So in other words, it basically has all the URL variables.
1: Everything is set up.
0: Yeah. Yep. yep. So it's where it's basically they, they tap. It pre-populates the cart and all they got to do is say yes, basically once they get redirected to the link.
1: Absolutely. First time, of course, because we process the chat first time they'd have to enter their card. We can provide so we can pre-populate the order with every piece of information except the card. And so basically the first time they do it, then they we, we have this process called secure mobile. So basically that secures that process. We then get a Stripe token. And then any time from any of our vendors that they ever want to come in, kind of like Shopify has that you can come from Shopify, any Shopify vendor.
0: Yep, Shopify, this is, yep.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of the same thing, uh, but basically this is on a mobile. So your order is presented to you completely in all its format, you just your first time you ever use it, you have to put in your payment. And then forever after, everything is there. And you never have to enter any other things again. So and it's brilliant because you can actually push a product and the picture of the product. So as they get the product, go, I want that. So it's, so it's brilliant for clearance, it's brilliant for wine, it's brilliant, brilliant for some apparel items and things like that. So we're trialing it with a wine supplier at the moment. I just think we've just realized after, as you say, seven or eight years of doing it, that people just, there's a group of people who just want to get as much done on their phone as possible as fast as they possibly can with no friction.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely one of those people. So, so yeah, and I I hate, and I, and I hate shopping in general, um, but particularly physical shopping. Uh, And I try to do all my shopping online where I can. I probably do I don't know, it's probably in excess of 80% of my shopping or 90% of my shopping I do online. So I really, you know, about the only thing that I do in person um, is, is supermarket shopping is probably the the main thing that I do shopping in person. And even that I try to try to do click and collect wherever I can, if I can get a bloody slot. So yeah,
1: uh, yeah, we do look, I go shopping with my wife only to Aldi because I like the middle aisle. I mean, yeah. I, oh, that's the only reason I ever go out shopping. is.
0: Yeah, t- totally. <laughs> now, if we, think, if we think about the broader, I guess, context of, and, and obviously you've built out some really amazing technology that can help marketers and help brands and help you know, non technical people with a no code environment. Uh, and obviously, you've got API endpoints that, if they do want to integrate with other back end systems like ERPs, et cetera, and marketing automation platforms. Yeah, like
1: we've, and we've, and- we've, we've, we've got a masses and we've got Shopify, and we're just embarking on a Salesforce integration as well. Yeah. So you've got to have those because ultimately, those people have really started focusing on the data and the personalization data. Correct. And, and you, the better and a text, the more personal the more unique, the more relevant, the more timely a text message is, the more successful it's going to be.
0: Totally. And and I think obviously integration with CDPs is going to become really critical as well. So the likes of the Sec- Lexer, which is based out of Melbourne and the segments of the world. and And because a lot of, you know, the smart brands are now starting to leverage zero and first party data, particularly with the impending death of third-party cookies and privacy change yeah, yeah. of iOS. Uh, brands are starting to leverage zero and first party data unlike ever before. And so they're doing all their segmentation in a CDP, and then they're pushing out those segments to platforms like a Clavio or an emarsis or a dot digital to actually send the campaigns via email. But the segmentation uh, is done in the CDP first, and then the the sending and the workflow management is all done in the in the in the email marketing platform. So I'm guessing that. You know, if a brand wanted to integrate uh, their CDP with your platform via API, then they could do that. And effectively, they could drive all the segmentation out of the CDPs and create their cohorts there. Absolutely. And they create those cohorts dynamically. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. It's interesting you mentioned because I I reached, I saw Lexer and I saw some of the stuff they were doing and i reached out to them and they basically you know they basically said oh no we're too busy we're so busy we haven't got time to talk to you and i'm like oh you'll probably come back and have a chat sometime but we just you know because we've got big clients you know we've got clients like country road silk laser cocoa republic uh gee i mean you know we've got big clients who do millions of transactions through these systems and so the challenge we we keep talking to them about the the absolute necessity to to increase the personalization and to make it a rele- to be relevant to be relevant because there are some people who want a lot more engagement there are some people who don't so you've got to be able to segment and you don't want to segment to a point where you're missing out but you've the, the cleverer your data that you have and the way you manipulate it to interface with your clients the more successful this channel is like in any channel you know it's just uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, just another channel correct. right it's just another channel I mean, it's a bloody great channel in terms of, you know, as I said, it's the Dan Draper perfect channel always. I mean, imagine if you said to Dan Draper, yeah, look, um, they'll all carry a television on, you know, with them all times. You know, they'll always have it on. (laughs) Um, You can personalise the message to the individual. It's completely two-way. I mean, it's it's a channel that's going to last a long time and the affordability is not that bad. You know, I think one in that article I was talking to you about—they're posting in the US that for every every dollar they spend, they're revenueing seventy-one with text marketing. I mean,
0: that is a pretty good row as Especially, well, especially
1: email, because email has always been what thirty-two to forty-four yep. somewhere in that somewhere in that space. So, yeah. So it's a look. It's a big number in Australia. MMS is a bit more expensive. Um, so although we've seen, you know, I, we just did a big campaign with one of our clients and they spent 35, I can't tell you who it is, but they spent 35,000 on the campaign and the lift above their normal was 730 something.
0: Wow. Okay. So they, yeah, the, so the ROI there is, is, is bloody great. And when you say MMS, you're talking image-based messages or multimedia-based image, images as opposed to pure text messages.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, we you, we, you know, we recommend both. Like you wouldn't want to just, you know, MMS is more expensive, but be, with our MMS, because we've got the patent on the personalization, you can actually personalize that MMS. And so you can put their name on it. You can put codes on it. You can put coupon codes and you can really personalize that message. And an MMS has a lot. So in an MMS, you carry your subject, you carry the vision, you carry up to a thousand lines of text, plus you can attach a V-card. So So it's
0: more more like an email via text, really.
1: Yeah, except you don't want it to be too long because you really only have, uh, it's that old Microsoft Fish study, you know, you've only really got, six to eight seconds to take them to your call to action. An MMS is a call to action. It is not, you can't make it that long. It it's not war and it can't be war and peace. And if you even if you do even though you may have the ability to send a thousand characters in the SMS component of an MMS, you push your vision off the screen.
0: Yeah, totally. No, yeah, it makes sense. And and how do you work with clients in relation to the the spam regulations as it relates to mobile contact. Now, what I mean by that is typically when someone signs up, you know, Mm -hmm. with a brand uh, and they, and they give over their email address right at that point, they 99% of the time they're asked whether they want to opt in or opt out um, to the mailing list or that they even have that opportunity to opt into the mailing list before they even create an account on a website through a banner or whatever to sign up and to subscribe. Now, often obviously, if a brand has never offered uh, text message marketing before to their to their clients, then they probably wouldn't have asked at that point of sign up or at the point of providing their, their cell phone number, they probably wouldn't have asked the, the customer to opt in or opt out at that point. So, how do you manage that in terms of the initial implementation? So let's say, you know, let's say No, no, ch- I understand
1: I understand where you're coming from. I understand. Oh, yeah. from. Yep. Definitely. Um It all depends what market. So I don't know where your podcast goes to.
0: It goes Um, all over the world, but I'm based in New Zealand, but it's, it is, you know, obviously, probably most popular down in ANZ, but i got a huge American market as well.
1: Okay, then. So let's deal with, um, in the, let's deal with it, like in the US, it's sort of governed by the California regulation, right? And in Europe and UK, it's GDPR. Uh, so that requires specific opt in, and you really, you really need to go and get that specific opt in for your text messaging. And if you haven't got that, it's really very difficult. So they've had to go through the process of, in those two, uh, like or well, multiple locations, they've had to go through a process of the registration and making sure they have specific opt in for their text messaging. Okay. So in that space, um, they the customers have to work through their models. I think they. Some of them have used email to try and build a bridge to text and those types of things, but there's multiple ways of doing it. They've done a lot of work in those markets, particularly in the US, which is well ahead in text than the UK and Europe. Um, they've done a lot of uh, QR code at-store registration and opting in. Uh, so, you, you know, you walk into a store and you, you scan your QR code, it generates a keyword response, maybe it gives you an offer or a coupon to opt in. So that's that's done in those markets. I have to be honest Australia is nowhere near that level of regulation. The spam act here um, it's the land of the big it's the land of the cowboy to be honest uh, they haven't cha- really changed the regulation and it's the act was written I think in two thousand and three um, but still you've you know there is two types of consent in Australia. I'll come back to New Zealand but and it like this is you know really it, it may be a bit boring for some but Uh, In Australia, you have two types of consent for text marketing. Uh, You can have opted-in consent specific, uh, you know, requiring yes, no, or you can have what they call inferred consent. And I would say 98% of text marketing in Australia that has been done for the last five or six years is based on the inferred consent uh, provisions within the spam Act. Inferred consent, uh, let me see, there are three cores to it. One is would this customer, the person that you're contacting, expect through their prior contact with you that you would somehow contact them for a marketing purpose? That's one. The second one is uh, on inferred consent is, you know, you're not selling illegal services, sex, love, uh, drugs, things like that. And the third one is: Does your text message contain a very clear opt-out capability and a very easy opt-out capability? And so, therefore, if in Australia, if your text messaging um, your text messaging complies with those three components, then you work under the inferred consent. Uh, the only prosecutions we've had in Australia in that in the Spam Act are where people have sent messages to people who have opted out. That's, that's yeah. Really.
0: That's that's a that's a that's obviously a major. No that's a note. major, and that's
1: yeah. Woolies did it, and Optus did it. They're the two ones that are quite big here in Australia that that you can sort. But otherwise, people tend to initially use their delivery, you know, their mobile number delivery lists or their registered lists. Yes, and they give their customers the clear opt out option in that in that first and second message to make sure that they're not. And then once they have them, then, and the opt outs are. You know, we have customers now who've been doing it for three, four, five years, and they get, you know, 0.001% opt-outs, but they would have got maybe 3 or 4% opt-out in their first and second message, because as I said, there's that 3 to 5 or that 7 to 5% of people who, you know what, go, this is my mobile, I don't want you texting me on it.
0: Yeah, makes makes complete sense. And I, I'm guessing the New Zealand legislation is similar in that regard. Oh, oh
1: the, like New, Z- the
0: Z- Z- New Zealand legislation's much more difficult. Wow. New Zealand, Yeah, um, you
1: don't really have a, you don't have a commercial MMS product over there yet. Um, the what, well, Spark, two degrees and the other one, I can't remember it now. Um, they don't obviously that's right yeah they don't necessarily agree on interconnect on mms at the moment although i hear that they're having conversations um sms in the u in new zealand if you send somebody an sms you have to pay for them to opt out okay so it's a two-way opt-out so um if somebody you have to create a basically you have to have the opportunity to contact them and in new zealand as you know they're of scottish heritage and quite what quite canny um even the message that comes back from the person who says that I want to opt out, the vendor has to pay for the vendor sending them the SMS message has to pay for that message.
0: Yes, yeah, absolutely, and 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 so does your technology. Um, does it work in New Zealand? I yeah, it does. Yeah, it with does. all the networks here. Yeah, and it does yeah, it does it does. Right, we, okay. We it have customers who send from
1: Australia. We have customers. We don't have any New Zealand based customers at the moment because we were starting it, and then we had COVID, and then um, we basically we do have customers from Australia that send to New Zealand and manage the opt out processes from here. Yes.
0: And I'm guessing that it's just simply a fact that to perform this type of marketing in New Zealand is just going to have a higher cost factor associated with it as a result.
1: Oh, look, I've, we sent a guy over there about three years ago, um, um, and it really, I think, I think what's fair to say is that we, you know, 2015, we were very early with text message right? marketing, um, and so we spent a lot of time. Um, doing missionary work about text messaging. And so, yeah, I don't think New Zealand at the time, I mean, it still doesn't have MMS. And so it probably, commercially it didn't really look like it stacked up in the, in the short term. We think probably by the middle of next year, toward the end of next year, there will be a commercial MMS tool in New Zealand. And then we certainly think about putting people on the ground there because it's it's just such a high function product and such a high return We've had customers like I had a customer who had a list of 11,000 people who'd registered on their site but never purchased. Right. And so they ran an MMS campaign with a coupon offer. Well, actually, it was a gift card offer. And they picked up within three weeks, they picked up 19.9% of that list of that 11,000. I think it was the number was 2,173 new spending customers within three weeks from a list of people who were completely inactive and had only registered but never spent. And they'd emailed them and they'd tried other techniques but got nothing. So if you do an MMS campaign or an SMS campaign well, your your returns and your ROIs are in the thousands there. When email's free, our, challenge, our enemies are two things, you know, like our, our business's enemies are two things. One is people think email's free, okay? And the second thing is that people have overused SMS and that causes a problem as well, because there is a view that customers don't want SMS, whereas the data... From all over the world says 90 plus percent of customers prefer text above anything else. You really need C-level support in your organization that this is something that you should be looking at and spending money on.
0: And I guess it requires a different type of marketing mindset as well. A, it needs to be highly segmented. B, it needs to be, you know, really hyper-relevant. C, it needs to not have, say, for example, the same frequency levels as email, because otherwise you're gonna get massive opt-out rates. So it needs to be very very infrequent. I mean I, I mean I don't know what your data shows but I'm guessing that somewhere around one a month maximum is is the kind of thing whereas you know uh, the, the the rule of thumb with email is no more than one a week. Um, so or I'm guessing you know it you know absolutely no, it, it's a,
1: it's a, it's a real it depends Jason. Um, some of the data out of the US is that some customers want like documented data from like Forrester come out re- has, that has been produced recently that some people want to be contacted more than once a week via text, um, which I don't get. Um, I think, yeah, I think once a month would be plenty. And I think that, yeah, I think the enemy of, I've always said the enemy of text is overuse uh, because people get greedy. Um, they, of, and they do with the email, email as well. As, yeah, but you know, email is passive. You can like send me a thousand emails and I won't see any of them. Yeah. Um, you can't send me a thousand SMSs because I'll see every one of them. (laughs) Yeah. And so you're gonna annoy the ass off me and I'm I'm just not gonna have it. So you have to, you know, with great power comes great responsibility type of thing. So you have to be very careful how you use it. All those points you made about having to be, you know, uh, having to be very relevant, have to be, you know, data centric and addressed to you. And, you know, right time, right place, right time, right method, right, you know, so you've got the right platform, has to be the right time, has to be the right message, has to be relevant. As you said, it's a new channel, it has a different set of challenges. Um, You know, we've had to talk a lot of customers down from using their email imagery because email imagery doesn't fit the small screen. Um, You've got to make sure that, you know, you're telling people that they don't, you know, they're not gonna see this, they're not gonna see this message on a a laptop and they're not gonna see this message on a, a desktop. They can see this message on this screen. on on the small screen. So you have to make that message relevant, grabbing, you know, its primary purpose is, is generating a call to action. And so you have to use that six to eight seconds that you have to get them to see and react. And that's different to an email. It's like, it's a different platform it's a totally different platform.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's the key, right? Is just you can't just go into this channel and treat it exactly like email cuz you'll lose. And and so you ha- you have to completely change. And I'm guessing that that's a large part of what you do, although you just purely provide the platform and therefore you're not managing the campaigns and doing the creative and all that sort of stuff for for merchants. I'm guessing that a large part of what you do do is when they sign up for your platform is to give them advice, to give them recommendations, to give them best practice based data sets that they can work with in terms of of your, uh, because I'm guessing that you're building up a pretty significant database of your own in terms of general data. Yeah. What
1: works and what doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, yeah, that's a, that that you really, yeah, you really picked up on on the challenge of our life um, is because you, we threw away the collared shirts and we went out and bought black t-shirts because we found ourselves a bit becoming a bit like an advertising company. We started to talk to people about, no, we don't think that will work. We don't think that image is right. And and you know we're you know we're a company. I think at one stage we had you know we spent like we spent over three million dollars in developing the and we had about fifteen developers on on site you know to get to where we were. But and then when we found that we were selling it, we we ent- ended up introducing a quality assurance program. So every, uh, every send, when somebody pushes send using the platform, using Sniper, we, every, uh, we have a group of people in the organization who actually get an alert message. And so we've asked, uh, they can turn it off or turn it on, but all of them except one have it on. Um, where we review the message, we take 40 minutes to review the message before it goes so we go through a checklist and then we will go back to them and that we are quite forthright because we say to them, hey, you know, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for us. We don't want you coming back to us and telling us that this messaging isn't working because we know it works, but we also know what you're trying here is highly unlikely to work. You know, a really good example is, and that we ended up building in, we built this in conjunction with our clients, obviously, over the last seven years, but... Um, One of the things was A-B testing and making sure what worked A-B testing. And so, you know, we have a customer who had a list of 70,000 inactives that he wanted to go to. But he was like, I don't know what's going to work. And we like, we don't know what's going to work either. So he said, I'm going to create seven different types of MMS image and offers, and I'll send them to a group of 500. So I'll sacrifice three and a half thousand, some will work, some won't. Now, you know, one image, Got four point five percent response, like spending response. He was like, "Wow, that's great," and I'm like, "No, that's rubbish." His top response was seventeen and a half percent purchasing client, right? So the difference between uh, number one and number seven was, you know, thirteen and a half percent. And then he said, "All right, then," and he took the seventeen and a half percent one, and he ran it out to the other sixty six thousand clients. And he got about a sixteen percent response rate across the whole group. But if he'd gone with the four and a half percent, he would have been very unhappy. There is trial and error learning. It's a new channel. Sure, it's it delivers amazing numbers, but it can also be, if we don't step in and play an active role, it can also be a big spend for little return.
0: Yeah, no, to, to, that makes that makes complete sense. I mean, it's the same with any other channel that you 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 want to build out your cohort management in such a way that it facilitates easy A, B, testing you know and with email it's it's super easy and it sounds like with your platform it's now super easy with with text messaging as well which is which is great and and what do you do you have any competitors in the market are there any global players in your space that try to cover every country in the world oh, you know, good what, what is the Competitive, and you know obviously you know you're gonna say yours is the best which makes complete sense because you're an advocate of your own product which totally makes sense but are you guys kind of the only ones doing this in Australia uh, or in New Zealand or, or in, in I mean, I'm guessing that I'm guessing that you do have competitors in the market, um, even if your product is superior. I'm guessing that you're not the only uh, company doing this. I know that obviously in the United States, there's every every man and their dog seems to be advertising SMS sign up to my sign up to my text list. Uh, you know, even bloody Gary V does it. So, you know, clearly it's a clearly it's a growing channel. Um, yeah, he does. He's <laughs> sending 365 offers a, a year. Yeah, you know, sending
1: well, a, a wine text, you know, wine message a day kind of thing. Yeah, he's like he's kicking it. Um, I was, look, we have a patent to be able to write to the MMS image. Okay, so that's unique. So we give you the ability, we give our clients the ability to write to the image. Look, there are people in. It's a growing space. There are uh, there are two sets of players in the messaging space. There are the global SMS suppliers who are starting to come together and realize that the best way to make money is to become a global SMS messaging provider. And I'm talking here about Cinch or Message Media. I think Message Media just got bought by Cinch. Uh, uh, Let me see. Open Market got bought by, I think, Infobib. So there's a lot of people who just manage the messaging. And then there are other groups of companies who manage And give their customers the opportunity to produce quality, personalized messaging. Okay. And so those companies in the US, uh, the big one is a company called Attentive, which just raised, well, has raised over the last three years about $886 US to run messaging. Uh, Probably the longest serving one in the US is a company called Vibes. Vibes started in the uh, pager marketing, hence the name Vibes. Um, Most of those companies, though, have had a tool where, yes, we'll run a campaign, give us your data, and over six to eight weeks, we'll produce something for you because they're they're using probably the older platform technology for MMS before it went away. Because MMS's history was it was an overpriced product. Um, The second the -the over-the-top messaging products came in, then you would be in a fool to be sending your friends a picture at 50 cents you know, via phone when you could do it through WhatsApp or Facebook or something like that. So, you know, MMS after 2011 just went away. But a lot of those companies were doing message marketing prior to that. What's happened is that most of those companies have got a new life as email has started to struggle in its open rates. So, I mean, long answer to a short question, we don't really have a platform competitor in Australia. Um, we have people who say but they, we say they're in that business that they're probably been doing transactional calendar reminder delivery advice kind of things. and they're doing volumes of SMS. In the MMS space, there isn't anyone who has the patent to do the personalization. So we're the only ones who give our customers a complete platform to do that. So that's in this market. In New Zealand, um, you have messaging companies. Um, probably the best biggest over there is Medica, I think. I think they also provide some services here for Optus. But yeah, and, and in the UK, there's a whole lot of European suppliers. What we have is a unique user-driven platform that's you know just been designed for marketers, easy to use. I mean, if you said this morning you wanted to do it, you could be up using it this afternoon. You know, it, It's very easy to use and they can get the messages out and they can get instant responses.
0: Awesome. Well, look, we're coming to the, the end of our time together and I really do appreciate your time. I got two final questions for you before we, we close off do you sure. see your competitor not not from a technology perspective but from a, a, a broader market perspective around text messaging do you see the greatest competitor to text message marketing being marketing via social dm channels i.e. you know facebook messenger and instagram dm and and uh, you know twitter dm and and various other social dm marketing do you because that goes straight to the phone as well. Do you see email as your biggest competitor or social DM based marketing as your biggest competitor to text message marketing? And then the second question is, what is the most interesting mobile marketing statistic uh, that you've come across say in the last six months?
1: Okay, Um, who do we see as a competitor? Uh, Look, you don't see, it's not smart to, to try and take a new channel and call it a competitor. To be honest, because we, uh, if you use tech, so in in an email sense, if you use text message marketing, your email rates go and go up because you put your brand in front of these customers and they see your brand in their in their email trial. Okay, so we don't see us as a competitor to email. We are uh, an an alternative or a supplement to email in that space. Uh, in relation to the DM and what, what, I, what I would call that list of OTT offerings that you were talking about, um, you know, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, um, all those types of things. The problem with all of those products is they are not ubiquitous in their delivery. So you can't, I can't send, uh, you know, how you arrange a WhatsApp connection, how you keep it and those types of things. The best thing about SMS and MMS is it's delivered over the telephony network, not the internet. It's delivered over the telephony network. It's point to point and you've got total ubiquity. You know that whoever you're sending to, you get. Whereas if I send a Facebook message, I don't know if if I send a WhatsApp promotion or I send a Facebook message outbound promotion, not that I'm allowed to do that, I can't guarantee who's going to get it. It's kind of the big problem with the Google RCS that Apple said no and therefore Google RCS hasn't been picked up by the... Um, by Apple customers, and therefore it doesn't offer customers the ubiquity of delivery. So in the in the we don't see it as a competitor. We just basically say we walk into a customer and go, I can guarantee point to point delivery, one to one, personalised with this product. There isn't another platform in the world that can give you that. I think the biggest stat I saw was that one I mentioned earlier. I mean, when I saw that eighteen point two percent of their revenue was coming from text message marketing, I almost fell off my chair. And when I saw a customer the other day spend, you know, $35,000 and pocket over $730,000 from, from the same promotion, and that was a lift above what they were spending. So I suppose they're the two biggest numbers that amazed me, that this, that this channel is just delivering such huge results. They're, they're, wow. know, they're, they're big numbers and, they're, and they can't be ignored. And so we've moved into a new, a new sense with our clients where we say, guys, this is a channel that is going to be around for a long time, you know, a long time. So start well, do well, don't, you know, do everything you possibly can to make sure that you set up with this client base well because you're going to be using it for a long time. And as social gets more expensive, I don't know if, you know, because there are more, you've got your traditional bricks and mortars now spending a lot more money in social and SEO than they were. So they're driving the prices up. So it'll be interesting to see in two or three years what the spread of email, social, drive-by search is across the online revenue base.
0: Absolutely. Well, John, thank you once again for all of the amazing information. You, you, you shared a lot of stuff that I just was not you know, familiar with. And, and uh, you know, I, I like to think I'm pretty up to speed with most digital marketing channels and, and how they work. But, no, very, very enlightening. Now, if, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way? What are the best channels to get a hold of you?
1: Oh, and, the best and, way is just John. I'm happy to take email. John at mobile.digital.
0: John at mobile.digital. Too easy. And obviously uh, connect up with you on LinkedIn as well, which is how how obviously you and I connected.
1: Yeah, Jason. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk at because as you say, my I spend my day talking to people about this stuff. And uh, yeah, it's an interesting channel and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it with you.
0: Oh, absolutely. My pleasure to have you on. And uh yeah, look, maybe maybe sometime uh, sometime in the future we'll uh We'll hopefully be able to do this again and i'm sure you'll have even better data and new data um, to share the next time around let's hope so (laughs) cheers john speak to you soon
1: cheers jason thank you
0: thanks for listening to the at the coalface podcast if you want more at the coalface you can subscribe to our premium e-commerce and digital newsletter at the coalface digest